What's up, my good people? Thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning. We welcome you to Married to a Therapist. This is your boy, Dr. J, and I got my beautiful, intellectual baby, the lovely Mrs. Natasha Mullen. You know it, together we have over 30 years of clinical experience, and this podcast is all about what we think, how we feel, and why we do what we do. So today we're going to talk about the big C word, which is counseling. Um, you may know this or you may not know it, but me and Julius have been doing counseling now for probably over um, 20 years, whether it's doing counseling one-to-one or supervising counselors or whatever. And the question always comes up, why do people not seek counseling? First of all, I mean, for real, for real, this thing is super serious and I don't even think people even realize you look at the sheer numbers, according to the National Alliance of Mental Illness, there are 44 million adults who experience mental illness every single year. And to take that even further for kids and teens and young adults, suicide comes from mental illness and stress. Suicide is, is, is really like the, it is the second leading cause of death. And, accidents is number one so i think first uh you know we got to understand why people don't really rely on counseling or don't want to see a therapist i don't know what you think but uh i think one of the main reasons is people have this thought that uh, others are going to view them as crazy or whacked out or or something seriously wrong with them and and i think that's a huge deterrent going to counseling because if they have to ask for help from a another human being and, and they're afraid that other people's gonna find out about it and there's shame and embarrassment. What what I mean, what's your take on that? So with me, I always ask my clients when they finally do come, you know, what took you so long um to come to counseling? Um you know that you needed this years ago, but you waited six months or you waited a whole year right, to right. even come to get counseling. And some of the first things they say is they're in church and their church doesn't believe in seeking counsel. They believe in praying and reading scriptures and seeking counsel within the church, which I, the first person, definitely agree with that. Um, so I don't want people to think that I don't. But at the same time, counseling can provide something in addition to all those things. It doesn't replace the the therapeutic relationship with scriptures or things like that. They kind of go hand in hand. You're talking right because, you know, I mean, even for me, the way I was raised, deep, down, Pentecostal uh, faith, and you really don't go see no counselor. It, 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 it was just like that. And and I do feel you, though. I'm, I'm not really in, I'm criticizing the church or criticizing any level of faith. I just think you can do both. I think another reason, too, uh, even outside of uh, religion or, or the church, we were taught in our family, you just kind of deal with your issues. Uh, first of all, you don't tell nobody your business. Right. Don't uh, tell anyone your business. That's right. What's, what goes on in here stays in here, like Vegas. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because when people start asking questions, it might affect your financial assistance and might affect some income that you get. I'm just being real, for real, right, for real. Right, right, but, but I do think that, uh, you know, was one of the reasons growing up that, um, you know, we we really, really wasn't even allowed to 
to seek counseling, either guidance counselor and definitely not no mental health counselor. But but I think it's real too, even for today. And you know, I was also thinking, especially for women, because I work with a lot of women, and one of the things that always comes up is, you know, them just trying to do it all. It's like they know that they're struggling with depression or they're really highly anxious, but they're still maintaining the home. They're maintaining the kids. They're trying to keep the husband happy and uplifted. And all in the meanwhile, like they're really struggling. And so they're so used to being the caretakers that they feel like a symbol baby is a symbolizer of, of weakness if they're being taken care of or if they're getting help and support. That is true. That's a good point. Because as you know, I mean, there's a lot of grandmamas and mamas and aunties. They holding that thing down. I mean, they're holding the household down. They're taking care, as you said, they're taking care of the men in the family. Uh, so it's real. And and even from a male perspective, you know, I was having this conversation in the barbershop uh, recently. And we was talking about counseling and mental health and the stigma and all that. And some of the things that we're talking about. And, and one of the things that they said was, uh, you know, counseling is, is a sign of, uh, of weakness. And, but more than that, with men, sometimes with, uh, you know, the male population, you're kind of expected to tough it out and persevere. And you're kind of built to deal with problems and deal with issues. And you deal with them on your own. You don't talk about your feelings. You don't talk about what you know what bothers you and for real for real i can remember talking to even even uh you know some of the boys that i work with and not just boys but young men you know you ask them what's wrong and they say i'm all right i'm good no good and well that they are hurting or something's going on either in their family or some relationship so that just comes from uh the bloodline and being around so many other boys and men and uncles and dads and and you know, people in the community that you don't talk about the soft stuff. And you know, I'm also thinking about with families because I know with parents that I used to work with kids, um, and and parents like they know that their children need help. They see that their baby getting in trouble in school or there's different things going on, but parents are reluctant to get them counseling because they think, once again, it's that, that thinking of shame. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, if my kid needs help, how does that make me look as a parent? Or is the counselor going to say, oh, I should have did this or I didn't do that. Maybe I should have breastfed them. Or, I, you know, so they automatically right. think that my kid is acting out and it's going to reflect on me. And how is it going to make me look? So what happens with that is parents wait until things are completely out of control. Yeah, the kids get ready to get kicked out of school. Right. And now they're seeking counseling when they knew there were issues in the beginning they could they could have got help for. That's right. Now 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 say more about that because uh, as far as what what makes this important, what are the what do you think are the potential consequences for not seeking help or not going to counseling? You know, you talked about kids in school and parents. Can you say more about that? Well, I mean, it, it's, it's really a broad subject because um, there are so many different reasons why kids are not successful in school that can relate to mental illness. 
Um, everyone knows about the whole ADHD thing and right. and all of that. But it's so much more bigger than that because kids with high anxiety looks a lot like ADHD. Mm, that's right. That's right. But it's more the anxiousness, the worrying, the, the racing thoughts, and the lack of concentration and, and things like that. So, but sometimes I think the parents as well as professionals not having that counselor's assessment, they may jump on one thing and it could be something completely different. Or they may persist on not getting their child tested. The school is saying the kid is having some issues. Not my child syndrome, you know. And so when they do this, it prolongs their kid from getting support. So now this kid knows that they're struggling. They knows that different things are going on around them that reflects them negatively. And so some some of them stop trying or they don't give them full effort or they see Johnny beside them getting A's and they're getting C's. And counseling could help with maybe not getting the A, but understanding your weaknesses as well as your strengths and how to build on both. Right, right. That can be Johnny or it can be Ramir too. It could be definitely could, could be Ramir. It could be Sally or it could, it could be, be Sally. Rakisha. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you made some good points as far as education. And I think another element uh, is around teacher and educator training. I'm not convinced just being in the higher education classroom and seeing so many people who are teachers who are aspiring to see uh, aspiring to be school counselors and I don't think they are at least what I hear from them as equipped as one would think in terms of identifying what mental health issues are and what stressors are and what trauma is and how it relates into some of the things that you talked about so I think you know teacher training is a big part of that too yeah I mean and, and that's so important I do see schools making an effort to train teachers. Right. I do see schools making an effort. Um, and I think that it constantly needs to be revisited. I think it be, needs to be a constant process. I don't think you can train a school to do a complete change in one conference. Right. I think it needs to be an ongoing thing, ongoing discussion to identify when a kid is depressed. Because when a child's depressed, it may look like anger. Right. Well, when an adult is depressed, it looks like sadness. Mm-hmm. So it's two totally different things. Right. And the more that teachers are trained and reminded right. of what mental illness looks like, then they're able to adapt and they can refer that kid to the school counselor, to the school nurse. And then the school counselor has resources to get that kid support. Right, right. You know, you talk about anger and I've certainly seen, I know you have too, We've seen kids that completely destroy, I'm talking about elementary kids, that would completely destroy classroom, flipping desks, throwing things against the wall, and from sometimes would hit other people. But it all is built from anger, and, and it looks like, as you said, some of those mental health disorders, but a lot of times it you know, comes directly from stress. Another consequence... In terms of not seeking counsel, and I think that people don't always make the connection, and it's around physical health. I think people get some of the major um, 
physical causes of, of, of stress in terms of cancer and stroke and diabetes and hypertension. I talked about suicide earlier. But many times, internal stress or mental health issues is directly tied to some of those physical health issues. I don't had, and, I, and, and I'm sure it's the same with you, We've done had many, many, many people in our family and friends that die from some of these physical ailments. And I often wonder, uh, you know, about what, where those physical ailments really come from. And the research is really clear in terms of responding to this issue because stress is tied to seven out of the top 10 causes of death. And I mentioned a few of them. So I think that's another consequence in terms of, as you said, when people just allow things to to fester and get worse and worse and worse, along with the mental health issues, um, you know, some of the harm that they're doing to their body have physical consequences. And also one of the biggest, I think, consequences is relationships. Because relationships reflect everything, mm. whether it's in your home, whether it's at school, whether it's at, at work, the the way we interact with people is it affects it affects your life. And so, um, when people aren't able to deal with depression, I'll give for an example, they may be more irritable, they may be, get frustrated easily, they may be more critical of themselves or others. So when you're dealing with those things, the people around them have a hard time relating. They might not kind of know what's going on. They might not know how to respond, especially if someone has like excessive sadness and they're crying a lot mm-hmm. and you're their friend and you may not know how to help them. Um, so if I'm dealing with mental illness, if I'm dealing with depression or anxiety, I'm going to respond to situations differently. Right. I'm going to respond to people differently, whether it's at school, at work, in my house. I'm just going to be a different person. And the people around me are going to respond to me a certain That's way. That's right. That because I'm having, time. you know, you may have this parent say, well, I'm not even going to tell him to put up his toys because he might go off. Right. You That's know, right. so I'm going to avoid it. And so those type of things to the people around you respond differently too. Whether it's trying to be helpful or kind of giving giving you distance to kind of let you cool down. That's right. Or whatever ever it is. But when you need counseling and you don't get that support, naturally it doesn't only affect you, it affects the people around you. Mm-hmm. That's real talk. I love that. Now I think another uh, um, consequence or what happens from not going to counseling or not getting help is, you know, he talked about the family and the, and the crib and, and, you know, what happens in the house, but I think also in the workplace. There's a lot of people in the workforce, employees that aren't happy on their jobs and it comes out that way. But I often wonder how much stress and mental health uh, un, unsupported issues that directly affect their job, their job performance. Uh, you know, our research talks about 13%. I thought this was really, really, really high. Uh, 13% of the people um, are not happy. Um, wow. And that just wowed me because, yeah. I mean, only 13% of people in the workforce, according to one study that talks about um, the level of happiness of people in the workplace. So I, I have to think about uh, you know, my own experiences in the last 15 years and whether it's 
people resign or people get fired or they have performance issues or they're not performing the way they should. So many times as I reflect on that, it's directly related to stress and sometimes stress in their own lives. So so we know that this is a, a big problem. We know that uh, the numbers don't lie in terms of uh, the significance of the consequences. We talked about a lot of those consequences in the home and physical health and in the school and in the workplace. Now what? What what do you think we should do about this? So I think the number one thing is to know what counseling is. And I'm going to read the definition of counseling. Um, it's the provision of assistance and guiding in resolving personal, social, or psychological problems and difficulties, especially by a professional. couple big things that stand out with this. Assistance and guidance. A lot of people think that people come to counseling for advice. And it's not, I'm gonna tell you what to do or your therapist is gonna tell you what to do. Basically what we're trying to do is assist and guide what you've already been thinking, things that you've already been working on, areas that you're already struggling in, and then also things that you've tried that have worked. Maybe we could do more of that, like working out or eating vegetables or getting up early things that you know that work and things that don't work and and what do you want to change um to make it better and then the last part i want to say is it says by a professional and that's very important because a therapist is not your friend it's not your mom and your aunt because when they give you guidance and assistance, That's right. they're coming from their yeah. own experiences. Good point. If I had all these bad baby daddies, right. and you come to me talking about a man, I got one viewpoint about that. Mm-hmm. And so with a counselor, when you're dealing with a professional, they're coming from your experience, not their experience. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference when you think about counseling, because this is with a professional. You know, that's a really good point that that you said in terms of sometimes people think you can kind of use your friends and family as counselors. And I get it. I get it. It makes sense because, you know, there are people that that listen to you and so forth and so on. But they're so contaminated because they know you and many times they know what you want to hear. And that's kind of the trail that they go down. But counseling can have uh, incredible benefits in terms of having a safe person, just to piggyback on some of the things that you said, having a safe person that is confidential, you ain't got to worry about nobody knowing your business. And where else can you do that in terms of, you know, having access to that person that is neutral and it could possibly be a major change in your life, a beginning to ending your stress at beginning to healing and then in the beginning to making your life much better. So what what would be one takeaway for you in terms of what you want folks to really know? I think what I want people to really know is one, counsel is a very easy thing to seek. You could easily get a counselor by looking on the back of your insurance card, talking to your primary doctor, or even there's a website, um, Psychology Today, to give you a list of local therapists. So counseling is a lot easier than people think as far as to get started. Um, but also, to give it a, a chance. Like sometimes I think the fear of the unknown right. worries people. And sometimes just giving it a chance and being honest with yourself. You know, I need this. I've been struggling 
with this issue. It could have been past experiences. There's something that I'm constantly being triggered about. It could be something that's going on now. I could have lost a job. Or even grieving a loved one. Right. And you might just might need that support. And so I, I beg you to try. Just give it a try. Just do it. Make that call. Talk to that person. Tell them your worries. Tell them you're concerned about, about counseling. So that they can help you feel more comfortable. I like that. Just do it. Just jump in. Just give it a try. All right, folks. Thanks, everyone, for listening in to Married to a Therapist. We hope you found this episode or this conversation very helpful for you and your family, your colleagues, your community, whatever. Check us out next month. We out. Peace and love. Goodbye.